questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Where do we come from? What are the origins of modern civilization? With the world's pyramids, the Nazca Lines, Easter Island statues, and other enigmatic structures, archaeological wonders, and geographic anomalies contain evidence of ancient gods? Tonight, we take an in-depth look at the facts, fictions, and controversies of our ancestors, origins, who we are as a people, and who might have come before us. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and to listen to tonight's full interview, subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Our special guest is the author of many books. His most recent one is titled Ancient Gods, Lost Histories, Hidden Truths, and the Conspiracy of Silence. His name is Jim Willis. Jim has a master's degree in theology from Andover and Newton Theological School. Jim has been an ordained minister for over 40 years and has also taught college courses in comparative religion and cross-cultural studies. His background in theology and education led to his writings on religion, the apocalypse, cross-cultural spirituality, and the mysteries of the unknown. And we have more on Jim Willis on our website. Jim joins us directly from, I don't know his location, but he'll tell us. Hello, Jim, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Thank you, Mel. Coming at you from South Carolina. Beautiful South Carolina. Excellent. Well, Jim. Beautiful and humid tonight. Wow. What's your temperature over there? Oh, it's about 92 and very humid right now. Well, I bet you you can't beat the 122 I saw in my vehicle this morning, even though people say Arizona is a dry heat, but you can fry an egg on the pavement. (laughs) My wife and I lived in uh, Nogales for uh, about a year and a half while we were researching uh, our book uh, Armageddon Now. I'm very familiar with Nogales. Yes, we lived there for about a year and a half and loved it. Fantastic country. Great people. Excellent. Well, Jim, at the beginning of your book, you write about something I pondered for decades. You mention how life can change suddenly at any moment. And you talk about the face-off between President John F. Kennedy and Premier Nikita Khrushchev. Fortunately, cool heads prevailed, but there's the part I've always wondered. What if we have cultural amnesia, and something like this happened before. A comet, asteroid, or even nuclear explosions and our civilization had to restart over and over again, and we just don't remember it. And instead of what we call the the beginning of civilization in Mesopotamia, Sumer, or or Egypt, was actually a re-beginning, a restart. Yes. What are your thoughts on this? I, uh, that's my thought exactly. Um, And I think there's two great lines of evidence to prove that what we call the beginning is really a re-beginning. Two great lines of evidence. One of them is in those significant stone structures. Um, We know pretty much when they were built, but how they were built, we have not the faintest idea. There was obviously some kind of a technology involved. Um, It had to be. And they're all over the world, and yet, where did that technology come from? People say there's no evidence of it. I think the evidence is everywhere in the stone monoliths themselves and the stone megaliths. So the first um, line of, of uh, proof that people are looking for, I think, is right before us. We just have to look at it and look at it honestly and say they knew something that we don't. Where did they learn it from? 
The second line of proof, I think, is just as important, and that's the uh, the mythology that comes down to us from around the world. There is a universal mythology that talks about uh, an Eden or a time before the flood or uh, in the Hopi um, culture, the first four worlds, the first three worlds. Uh, we're in the fourth now. Uh, and you find this mythology all over the place. Why was it that people came up with this kind of universal mythology unless somewhere down below, down back of it all, we find a, uh, a, a, a common denominator, and that's that we were here before. We did live here before. Uh, there, there were ancestors to modern humans. And so I think when you put the two together, the, uh, the megaliths, which talk of an ancient technology that we don't understand, and the mythology that talks of an ancient world that uh, is universal in scope, I think the evidence is fairly sure that we are not the first. Uh, there were other civilizations before us. I was extremely excited um, to find out over the last year the number of um, discoveries that have been made that keep pushing back uh, modern humans way back. It used to be thought, you know, 40,000 years was where we uh, received our, our our first idea of uh, symbolic thinking or religious thinking. But now we're being pushed back. This latest uh, discovery about the uh, descendants of the um, antecedents of, of Neanderthal and uh, Donna Saban, it's just amazing to me how much time there is in human history to, to drop some of these previous cultures into the gap. Uh, I think the only thing keeping us from really going into it is our own prejudice. And uh, I think that's even starting to deteriorate. I think people are starting to become more open-minded about it now. I would say more than prejudice, perhaps arrogance, to say that those uh, soulless yeah. savages had no way of having been able to achieve all these, you know, megalithic structures they left behind almost as, as if they were saying, hey, we were here. But, you know, it's not that far-fetched to think that if this were to happen, you know, now, you know, mm-hmm. call, call it fill in the blanks, cataclysm, flood, whatever, and we lose those who remember, we would be forced to start all over again, reinventing everything. Well, and that's frankly my fear. Um, and let me read you a quote from uh, Edward Gibbon, uh, who wrote, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire back in 1783. Now, we're talking about a, a brilliant historian, but we're also talking about 1783, quite a long time ago. And he listed five reasons for the demise of the Roman Empire. Number one, uh, he said sports and entertainment received more and more money while the plight of the poor was neglected. Number two, Money went to the military rather than to public works. Number three, violence became more accepted and prevalent. Number four, people's faith in government was undermined, and justly so. And number five, religious roots fragmented and became a cause for dissension rather than unity. Uh, it sounds to me when I read that as if I'm looking at the morning paper. And what scares me is in that kind of an environment, we can be faced with some uh, people who are very short-sighted. 
And these short-sighted people are handling technologies that the world has never seen. And I think it could be very possible that if we don't make some changes and if we don't grow up uh, spiritually, uh, emotionally, culturally, uh, we could be very easily looking at another uh, end of another culture from whom there would probably be survivors who would begin another culture after a great nuclear holocaust, perhaps nuclear winter, perhaps ecological disaster, or, yes, uh, possibly uh, uh, something from outer space, a, a segmented comet like the one that hit the world about 12,800 years ago and uh, possibly 11,600 years ago. And when you put all this together, I just see the same thing happening. It seems in Yogi Berra's words, deja vu all over again. Well, George Santayana said it best. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And if this has happened in the past, yeah. we seem not to learn. What you just read seems, as you said, we read it in the morning paper. But, you know, at least the ancient ones carved a lot of their knowledge in stone. What yes. do we have today? Paper, silicon chips, a, a hard hard drive that you know yeah. that wouldn't survive uh, the Never. test of time. What what would we need to preserve the knowledge or the wisdom? Exactly. I think in a hundred years, in the time of our grandchildren's grandchildren, say um, people, if if our electric grid went down, if uh, we um, lost the memory of what a computer was or how to operate it. Uh, someday, 100, 200 years from now, and that's not a very long time, somebody could find a, a laptop and uh, think that, <laughs> well, if, it's, if they're typical archaeologists, they'd probably say, oh, it was a, uh, an item of worship or <laughs> some right. such thing. No one would know how to use it or what it was, and that's where our wisdom is stored. Yeah, I always wondered, if you have a parachute that drops an iPhone or a laptop in the middle of a of the Amazon in a, an unexplored yes. area, what would the natives there do with it? I, I I loved that old movie that came out. It was back in the 70s, The Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah. Uh, a Coke bottle, and it disrupts a whole culture. <laughs> now, Jim, have you found historical oddities that offer you know, very real and tangible evidence of past cataclysms? Yes, yeah, I have. And I, I have to look no further than the Bible, to tell you the honest truth. Um, I've, I've gone through the whole religious gamut from uh, was, when I was converted to Christianity, I was a fundamentalist, and I've gone through um, fundamentalism, I've gone through evangelicalism, um, I've been a charismatic, I've been a as they say, sometimes a flaming liberal. I've been a moderate. I've been mainstream. And as a result, I have uh, taught the Bible over the last 40 years in from a lot of different perspectives. And I'm still amazed when I go back and read this Bible that has been part of so much of my life right now, how much I missed that seems so obvious if you take away the layers and layers of dogmatic theology and, uh, uh, and and dogma that has covered some of these stories. And when you just read them, if you were to look at them and say, this is just a fragment of a text that has come down to us, uh, where did it come from? We would be amazed, but because it's in the Holy Bible, and we're taught to interpret that in a certain way in our culture, um, it just passes right over our head. I think, uh, for instance, of that uh, great passage in Ezekiel, the passage that everybody brings up when Ezekiel saw the wheels within the wheels. 
if you read that passage with an open mind, there's no question that he's seeing something real. Nobody can make that up. Uh, he's seeing something and trying to describe it in uh, the vocabulary of his day. I think he did a very good job of describing it if we could just simply let the words speak for themselves instead of trying to give it some kind of a theological overturn. Um, I look back at the flood and the whole idea of the culture that existed before the flood. And uh, in the flood story in the Bible was used either, if, if you're a literalist, uh, you tend to say that it happened 6,000 years ago, and then you give it the theological overturns, overpinnings. But if you just look at it um, and then compare it to other cultures' flood stories and other cultures' ideas, you get this idea that something happened that people remembered, and hundreds, in some cases thousands of years later, wrote it down. And I don't think there can be any question that uh, these things happen. And, and if you can find it right in the Bible, the revered book of Christianity and Judaism, and uh, even uh, in, to a certain extent Islam in our culture, if you look at it and can find it in there, uh, then you realize that the answers to the questions are hiding in plain sight. They're right there in every home, in, the, in terms of the best-selling book that there's ever been. The answer is right there in plain sight, if we only open our minds and read it and try to say maybe this is something other than we have been taught through a culturalized religion. Now, a lot of what we're going to be discussing tonight relates to cultural amnesia, but I think most of it is also a conspiracy of silence. But, but going yes. back to cultural amnesia for a moment, you say, quote, if our species is capable of developing cultural amnesia over the course of just a few hundred uh, years, what mm -hmm. about a few thousand? What about 10,000 or 50,000? Unquote. But what if the amnesia was orchestrated, Jim, in order to keep new generations in the dark? For example, and I don't mean to deviate, but you may have heard there's an effort to make uh, every book available digitally in order to reduce the use of our paper, the cutting trees, etc. Imagine what the cultural editors can do about our history. What if something oh. included in any of Jim Willis's books may become a threat to the establishment in the future. Very easy. Edit the digital book and no one will know the future. It's frightening, isn't it? It's frightening. Isn't or actually, it? the um, past, rather. Yes. Even even uh, in, in terms of our the, the, the digital um, imprint on our lives right now, how much um, people know about us and uh, how much, how easy it is to completely destroy someone or eliminate someone. Uh, in terms of just making sure that nobody ever hears about it. Uh, how easy it is to do that nowadays. Um, and it's, it's, it's a frightening thought. It really is a frightening thought. I, uh, you look at news programs. I mean, nowadays with the news being what it is, I like to look at a lot of different stations and I'm amazed at what different stations leave out. Uh, if I was to listen to only one station, I would hear only one Opinion, and I would have no idea that something else is going out. And I'm saying this as a, as a uh, correction, not only to the uh, conservative side, but also to the liberal side. Uh, it's a frightening thing because what we are doing is taking our knowledge and condensing it down to sound bites. And what we are doing, whether we mean to do it or not, I don't know if I'm a conspiracy theorist on this, whether we mean to do it or not, we are shrinking the human attention span. 
and uh, people are not digging in as they used to. When the Lincoln-Douglas debates went on, it was entertainment to go in in the afternoon and to listen to two presidential candidates debate for three hours and then grab a picnic lunch and then go back and listen to them debate for three hours more afterwards. Can you imagine that happening today? No. Absolutely I can't not. either. I remember yeah. in the 70s, you know, when I used to sit down with my, my father after he came home from work and watch the 6 o'clock news, the person would actually read, the journalists would go out there and create the news, and mm-hmm. it was not this... 30-second snippets right now that mm-hmm. if it's more than 30 seconds, oh, let me change the channel. As you yeah. said, that the attention span being reduced, I think this is orchestrated to basically keep people in a state of, uh, I, don't even, I don't even know how to label it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when, when you say it, you think it's orchestrated. Uh, at, at one time, not too long ago, uh, that would have been a foreign, com- uh, foreign idea to me, and I probably... Uh, would have said, "Oh, come on, Mel. Let's yes, get serious. People get your tinfoil right. hat out." Yeah. Uh, now I'm not so sure because there are uh, there are things that are coming out that uh, that we didn't know anything about. You have to really dig to find them. When you find them, you begin to say, "Wait a minute, why?" And they say, "Well, because this would be too dangerous in the hands of the public." What? Too dangerous in the hands of the public? I think the danger lies in keeping it out of the hands of the public, and that seems to be exactly what people are doing today. What if there were events in our past, distant and and not so distant, that are being hidden from us? What if they had different types of renewable energy? What if they conquered disease? That information would jeopardize the current paradigm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we we would would be facing a, a, a... totally different kind of world, and the people in power uh, would lose their jobs. And I think that's what we're really seeing, is a, a, a real power grab. Uh, information is power. And so if you hold information, and you know it, and the other person doesn't know it, let's call it what it is. It's a power grab. And that's, that's frightening to me. Gives a new meaning to the information age. Yes. Now, let's talk about the creation of ancient gods and, and heroes of old. Please explain how the accomplishments of uh, Jesus, the Buddha, Confucius, uh, even Quetzalcoatl, uh, you know, grew with a telling, for example, Jesus of Nazareth, for, for instance. The, the early text don't mention anything about a virgin birth or raising no. the dead. All that came years later. He wasn't declared to be equal with God until the Council of Nicaea, more than 300 no. years after his birth. Tell us more. In the fourth century, <laughs> uh, the things that we just assume we know about Jesus, we don't know if we carefully read the text. The problem is, of course, that most people don't carefully read the text. They just receive it as it's given to him. And I well know, as a pastor, the pressure that is on a pastor to simply um, don't rock the boat. Uh, don't come up with any ideas like this, but you might be, it might be frightening. If there, there were times uh, long ago, when I was almost afraid to uh, to mention about the the fact that the Christmas account, for instance, in the Gospel of Matthew, which contains the story of the wise men, and the Christmas account in the Gospel of Luke, which uh, contains the story of the shepherds, uh, if I brought up the fact that they really disagreed with each other in many ways, I could have been hounded out of my church. Uh, in the same way, I mean, everybody thinks, well, I know what the Christmas story is because I've... 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.